Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Knights Camera Sports Podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. It's time for Minutes with Mute. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board. And uh, first, we'll get right into it as BC defeated Holy Cross 31-28, to now 1-1 on the season. Before we get to Scott, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you got to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. To sign up and get more details, great club, tailgates, pr- uh, home and away, pregame, email, newsletters. It's the, all everything you want if you're a Boston College football fan. bcfootballgreenirond.com for more details. Okay, we welcome in Scott Mutrin. Scott, just your big picture thoughts for BC's victory, 31-28 over Holy Cross. Yeah, it's good to get a... It's good to get a win for the Eagles. Um, I think a lot of people probably expected it to to not be as close as what it was, but for the Eagles to to come out of there with everything that was going on, including the weather, um, they showed some good resilience, and when they needed to make a stand in the end, uh, they made uh, they made a play on defense, and, and that was enough to win the game. So, BC I was up by 10-3, up 10-3 again, all throughout the game for the most part, and then they had that big uh, delay, the two-hour delay with a minute to go. How did you, first of all, how did you handle the delay, and uh, how did you think the two teams did during the the two-hour lightning delay in the fourth quarter? Well, first off, in, in regards to us in the booth, we, uh, we've been through a, a delay a couple times uh, before, whether it was in the bowl game or North Carolina State. Uh, I think in 2016 was, was one of the first ones when there was a thunderstorm. Uh, we were able to just keep chatting for a while. We called it Eagle Talk with uh, Meter and uh, and Pete, and we actually had Mark Herzlig in the booth to uh, to go over some things over those two hours. And uh, we had some good discussions about uh, the program, where you know what they're doing, what they're heading, some things that we felt that maybe needed to get tightened up, and some things that we thought were to, were you know were looking good and things to build on. But uh, you know we we're busy. There was a lot going on. It's tough to fill those two and a half hours, uh, those two hours to, to get that done. But it was uh, it was a fun time in the booth, and to be able to go over a lot of things was great. Um, in regards to the Eagles, uh, I asked Jeff Hapley after the game, "How did you handle that?" Because you don't really know. You're, you're kind of in limbo on the weather, waiting to to get updates. And at any moment, they could say you're a half hour away. And with the you know the game being almost 95 percent over, 98 percent over actually. Um, it's tough for them to, to get everybody juiced up again. So they had to, you know, kind of calm them down. They they fed them, is what Coach Hapley said, and, and they went over some scheme and some game plan stuff and how to attack the two minute drive when when they came back out and and when they did, they were you know they were ready. Uh, fortunately, they give up a big play to start that, but then the the defense came with a with a huge stri- uh, strip sack and a recovery by Vinny De Palma, which which ended the game. So BC now one and one, uh, you know, people are. I'm getting talking a lot of fans, fan perspective. They're happy, but they basically think this game should have been a, lot, a bigger blow against Holy Cross. What, what's your thoughts on that? A win is always a win. Uh, Holy Cross is a good team. 
but uh, BC Power Five, you kind of want to put them away there, Scott. Yeah, but Holy Cross is a uh, is a very good team. Uh, their quarterback Luca had an outstanding game. BC had a really tough time containing him. He did a good job with his legs to create some great opportunities for them. Ran over a hundred or over a hundred yards and almost you know you know when they came back on the first play, almost broke one for a touchdown. Uh, you know, very talented team that's used to winning. And when you have that confidence in the room, you never feel like you're out of a game. And, and I think you heard uh, before, during, and after about Holy Cross's confidence in being in those games and their ability to compete. They felt that they had a really good chance to win that game, and they played accordingly. So, you know, credit to them for, for, for bringing it as, as well as they did and their ability to, even when they were down, to just know that they still had a chance and kept battling and fighting. So, that, that's a good team, right? Uh, obviously, everyone wants to, to win by 30 points and have great style points. You don't get extra credit for those, but you, you do have to uh, finish in certain times. And I think Coach Halfley addressed that in his post-game conference, that there were plenty of times where BC had chances to finish it off, and, and they just didn't either make a play or they had a silly penalty or some silly things that happened. I think a microcosm of that is at the end of the first half, BC goes up 21-7, to and then kicks the ball out of bounds, one, which is a big no-no, and then follow it up with a dead ball penalty to give Holy Cross the ball to the 50-yard line. Holy Cross goes and scores a touchdown uh, in no time. BC does a good job of responding and, and kicking a field goal to end the half, but there's just moments there that, that need to be cleaned up, and they need to be a little tighter in certain operations, but there's definitely some, some bright spots to build on, but some other things that they do need to work on as well. And how do you uh, grade out the BC QB play? I always like to get your your analyst as a former QB yourself. Well, Thomas Castellanos gets the start, and you can see that he adds a different dynamic to the offense with the ability to use his legs and create some plays that are off-platform, for lack of a better term, his ability to take something that may be breaking down and to make something out of it. So I think that's a, that's a positive. I do think um, the ability... Uh, to use his legs to create some opportunities were there. I think he did miss um, some guys that were open down the field and some opportunities, and, and that just could be just a part. I mean, I don't want to use the size against him, but when you have some big guys in front of you, it's, sometimes it's tough to see some of those throws downfield. Uh, but he did hit a couple big plays, missed a couple big ones. But, the, you know, the receiving core did tighten it up a, a little bit from last week. You know, you didn't see those drops. Um, they helped him out. Um, and some big plays. He only had four or five incompletions and didn't turn the ball over. So those are positives to look at in the quarterback position, right? To, to complete passes, make plays when they need to be, make some plays when it goes off schedule, and don't turn the ball over. So you know, when you look at it that way, he had a he had a solid game. And do you think that he's the guy week three now going forward, or is Evan Moore going to get another chance? What's your just your general outlook on that? You just never know as a backup quarterback if you're going to get a chance. You just don't know how the game goes you have to be ready it's, it's a really tough position to be in because at any given moment you could be in that game so you have to prepare um, as if it's your opportunity is right around the corner so you just don't know how um, how bc's gonna handle that situation i think you know thomas Castellano's still a young guy he's only a sophomore there's a couple you know immaturity plays that i, I think he's going to want back that a lot of people talked about uh, post game can't be getting uh you can't be getting unsportsmanlike conduct penalties from your quarterback. As the leader of that offense, it's a, it's a tough look for, for your squad and it's a tough look for the team. I think he's going to learn from that. I think it was something he's going to look 
he's got to be in more control there. But he does have a lot of fire and he does a lot of compete. Uh, but it's, you know, there's some things that you have to you have to learn as as you're playing that position. That you know, all eyes are on you at every given moment, so you have to act accordingly. And and I love the fire and the passion, but you know, there's a time and a place. Okay, other side of the ball, BC's defense obviously allowed 28 points. What's your overall take on, on their performance versus Holy Cross? You know, for the second week in a row, BC's having trouble on the defensive end. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, controlling the running game. Uh, I think today, excuse me, I think Saturday versus Holy Cross, they didn't do a great job of containing Luca and, and his ability to get, get outside the pocket. He made a lot of uh, off-platform plays where, you know, maybe – Rush lanes got disrupted or out of whack, and it allowed him to escape and use his feet a lot to make some plays, and that's that's a little concerning. Um, there were some times that they needed to make some tackles, whether it's in the negative area or for minimal gain ability to you know stop stop teams on third down. It's frustrating in, in the aspect when you look at it that it, it's tough to get penalties, but when you get third down penalties when you're getting them off the field and then you extend drives or put them in advantageous field position. That's frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan to watch, but it's frustrating as a defense because you spent all this effort to get to third down and then maybe fourth down, and all of a sudden now you're extending a drive and allowing them um, to continue to drive the football, and that's that's mentally tough on a defense. And I always like to get your take. You talked to Coach Halfley after the game. Um, he seemed a little fiery in his post-game uh, press conference, just you know, just fired up. I guess the best way to put it. How did you evaluate him after the game, Coach Halfley? I, I I agree with that assessment. I think Coach Halfley was disappointed that they had some opportunities to put that game away, for lack of a better term, and and extend their lead, and they didn't do it. I think the lack of discipline in, in certain moments really got to him and it frustrated him. You can't have ten penalties uh, defense. Excuse me, uh, as a team. And six personal foul penalties, that's over right there. You're looking at over 100 yards of penalties um, or close to it, right? So that's frustrating. That, when you're giving away that much yardage and penalties, that you know, personal foul penalties, especially you know a big one when it's you know, third and 27 and you get a hands to the face where you're going to get off the field and then you give them a first down and allow them to score, like those are frustrating moments that can be avoided. Uh, I think that was what he was really fired up about. I think he, he needs his team to, to tighten it up and not make those those critical penalties in critical moments. And you saw that in his comments uh, post-game to me and then post-game in, in, the, conf- in the press conference. And I think, you know, I think it's something that, that's going to be tightened up. I think the coaching staff is going to make a concerted effort to, to really hone in on these guys and, and, and really get that, that discipline down because – when you're playing teams like they're playing this week in Florida State, you cannot make those mistakes because those will kill you. Great segue to our next question. Florida State, uh, 2-0, 66-13. They beat Southern Miss. Uh, next Saturday, 12 new game, national TV. Uh, what, are we, what are we thinking here? What's the, what's the game plan for BC? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Florida State is a very, very good team. I've seen them play twice this year so far, and they're dynamic on offense. Jordan Travis, their quarterback, 
lot of great plays for them with his arm and with his legs. Uh, Keon Coleman, their transfer wide receiver from Michigan State, has looked outstanding in the first two games that he's played uh, for the Seminoles. Their offensive line has looked uh, top-notch. They they moved around an LSU team that has a lot of NFL on there. Uh, they, they did the same. Uh, you know, this weekend as well. So it's going to be a, an extremely tough challenge for the for the BC defense to contain that offense and to be able to really, um, you know, get off the field and, and get an opportunity to stop a high-powered, explosive offense. That I mean, you're looking at a top four team in the country. This is a tough challenge coming in to, to Chestnut Hill defensively. Offensively, you got to be impressed with the way uh, BC's offensive line has played the first two games. They've run the football when they wanted to. They've been able to pass protect um, as much as the you know as, as much as they uh, can and better than than they did last year. So those are encouraging signs. The receivers took a nice step. Um, it was good to see the the running game produce like like they did uh, this past weekend. But it's that Florida State front is very very talented. They have some transfers in there and they, they're a very athletic physical team and it's going to be a really tough challenge for the Eagles this weekend and you know as evidenced by you know you're coming home and you're you're playing a game at home and an ACC opponent and you're almost a four touchdown uh, underdog according to uh, what's out there right now so they have an extremely tough challenge ahead of them. And speaking of crowds how was the crowd last uh, weekend and do you think it'll be a pretty good crowd coming up for Florida State inside Alumni Stadium? about it and speaking of the fans too i always i always said i think i tweeted this as well but i always love when bc plays holy cross maine yukon umass i really think they should play them on an annual basis as many as they can fit in i, I think it adds a big dynamic you know instead of like a northern illinois type game uh, your thoughts scott yeah you get it you definitely want to have that that local flavor to to when you're playing but it is a tough situation for BC because if you you're expected to win and win big, right? So when you go into those situations and you're playing a team and maybe you know like this Holy Cross team that their whole their entire offensive line is seniors or fifth year seniors, they have a lot of experience on that team. It's it's been well built, uh, so it's very you know they have a very good team. But if you know they're they're ready to make a run and BC's trying to find themselves, like it's a no win situation for them, right? So you got to win all those games, so it's tough going into there, and everyone's expecting you to win by more. So it is tough, but it is good to have that local flavor that comes with it. 
Yeah, it's their Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But I think it's good. It builds, you know, it's, you know what? You're going to play Florida State next week, too. So you might as well, you know, have some, I guess, good competition locally. So, hey, hey Scott, before I let you go, I'd uh, like to get your thoughts. How was the tailgate situation, the delay? What was the food situation like for you? Yeah, we didn't have any food during the delay, which is tough. But, the you know, the food situation was great. Had some nice, uh, had a great sausage, egg, and cheese before that Wegmans provided in our pregame tailgate. There you go. Great. Yeah, that was, that was a nice start to the day. I have to admit, I enjoyed that. Uh, and it was a great um, it was a great experience. The tailgate was good. There were a lot of, a lot of people around. It was, it was funny to see some fans with, you know, saw a couple fans that had a Holy Cross hat on and a BC shirt on. So there were a lot of, uh, yes. a lot of divided fans. I don't know who they were cheering for, but it was, it was it's kind of unique to see that aspect. Uh, obviously, the oldest uh, rivalry in BC history, I think this is the 84th or 85th time they, they faced each other. So, you know, the rivalry has died down, you know, over the last 30 or some, so years. But, it's you know, for the older alums, it's a, it's a big deal for them. But it was it was great to see, and it was a, you know, great tailgating environment that's uh, always fun when you have a nice afternoon game. Uh, we'll have our third uh, noon kickoff this weekend uh, against Florida State, so that'll be fun as well. Yeah, that's great. I can't remember the last time they've had three home games to start off the year. Can can you remember that? I don't think. No, not usually. You try to mix in a road game there, but you know, for my travel schedule, it's uh, pretty good. Uh, so it's good to be able to have some home games. Although you know, you expect to get out a little bit earlier than we uh, did this time, but you know, you're expecting those noon games to be done by you know out of there by three thirty, maybe four o'clock, to be leaving at six past. Uh, it's tough. You know, that was a long day, and uh, it was a long day in Chestnut Hill. Yeah, that was a long day Saturday. All right, Scott, what's the game plan this Saturday for 12 noon Florida State coming in? Okay, Scott, we'll be listening. You can hear him on the Learfield broadcast for Boston College Football sideline reporter Scott Mutrin. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it, Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.